ARE Study Guide Podcast. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to another episode of the ARE Study Guide Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about mechanical systems. I would like to just quickly note that I am not a mechanical engineer. I am just like you. I am studying for my ARE exams. The extent of my knowledge is just what I have learned over the past year reading books. So I'm sorry if I don't explain this as well as a mechanical engineer would, but hopefully since we're on the same level, or who knows, maybe you're at a level higher than me, that's very likely. I would not be surprised. But yeah, hopefully I'm going to be able to explain this in layman's terms to help you um, understand this. This took me a long time to wrap my head around. I kept reading the different types of systems and it just wouldn't stick. But now it has and so hopefully I can help expedite your learning process by explaining it in a way that finally made all of this information make sense to me. So if you don't know, HVAC stands for heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. So I am probably going to say HVAC a lot in this episode, I imagine. So that's what that means. You probably knew that. I swear, I'm going to teach you something you didn't know. Wait for it. What does a mechanical engineer do? When they're first brought on, they're first going to do their preliminary design process. And this consists of them listing out the activities that will be performed in the building, and developing preliminary options with alternatives. Then they'll go into their design development process, which is when they're going to determine acceptable thermal comfort levels based on the activities that will be done in the building. And then they will do their calculations for the thermal load during the harshest conditions of winter and summer. They'll develop a schedule of the use and operations of the building. They'll locate the components of the HVAC system within the building and then size the system and hopefully start looking for conflicts with other building systems. Then they'll finalize their design, they'll verify the loads and come up with the final specs for the systems. And then during construction, they'll do site visits to make sure everything is being installed properly. And then if any issues arise on site, they can be there to help resolve them. Exhaust and intakes. Very basic but very important principle for architects to be aware of with mechanical systems is the exhaust. We need to always consider where the exhaust and intakes are for our mechanical systems. We want to make sure our exhaust is terminating outside, away from our building users, and away from the air intakes. The International Mechanical Code in Section 501 is going to establish the minimum distance requirements for the mechanical exhaust and this will establish distances between the exhaust and the property lines, operable windows, exterior walls, roofs, combustible services, the height above grade, and air intakes. Also want to make sure our air intakes are nowhere near any toxic gases or pollutants such as cars. You don't want to have an air intake near where cars are sitting with their engines on or where people are smoking. You want to be really aware where your air intake is to make sure that you're actually bringing fresh air into your building. How to size your mechanical system. So I don't know if you are going to need to size 
mechanical systems on your test, but just for your practice so you can know. As a rule of thumb, for medium and large buildings, you can assume that the mechanical equipment room is going to be 3 to 10% of the building's floor area when you use an all-air or an air-water system. We'll talk about what that means in a second. If you use an all-water system, it'll only take up 1 to 3% of the floor area. The height of a mechanical equipment room typically needs to be between 12 and 18 feet high. For buildings that are going to have more intense mechanical systems, such as labs and hospitals, you're going to have larger rooms. As a rule of thumb, cooling towers are going to be 0.2 to 1% of the floor area. All right, so again, I'm not a mechanical engineer, but from what I read, it seems like there's two ways to consider how to size your mechanical system. Design heat loss. Design heat loss is when you size the mechanical system based on the greatest heat loss that's likely to occur. So this will be sizing the system to meet the demands of winter at night with no occupants in the building. That's called design heat loss. It's for the coldest time. Design heat gain. Design heat gain is when you size the mechanical system based on the greatest heat gain that is likely to occur. This will be the warmest time of the year, in the afternoon, with the maximum occupants and maximum number of equipment running. With air ducts, you can assume that the cross-sectional area of an air duct will be one to two square feet for every thousand square feet that the air duct serves. So the mechanical engineers are going to be doing these calculations, but we need to be familiar so that in our preliminary design stages, we can account for the size of these systems. Because what if you design a preliminary idea for a building and you just totally disregard that you need a mechanical space and the mechanical engineer comes in and says he needs a space equivalent to 10% of your floor area. That could really damage your preliminary design and make you start from scratch or try to force in a system that doesn't naturally flow with your building's logic. It's much better to consider these things from the very beginning. Types of HVAC systems. All right, let's talk about the types of HVAC systems. First up, we have all air systems. All air systems are when we have ducts and air is pushed through those ducts. All air systems control the temperature, humidity, and air quality. Overall, you can consider all air systems as the best systems for thermal comfort and good indoor air quality. All air systems are going to take up more space than any of the other types of systems. There are several types of all air systems. First, there's constant air volume, or CAV, C-A-V. I don't know if anyone says CAV. Every time I look at this and I say C-A-V, I think CAV. Constant air volume. Constant air volume systems are when there's a constant flow of air at variable temperatures in response to the thermal load within a space. CAV systems are best suited for large open spaces with few windows and uniform air needs, such as assembly spaces, factories, gyms, and labs. A very basic type of constant air volume is a single duct, single zone. This is a constant volume of heated or cooled air through a single duct. This will have a single thermostat. It's what you use for small buildings and homes. Variable air volume, VAV, provides constant temperature with varied airflow. This is what we're going to use in mid-sized to large buildings. 
VAV systems are more efficient than CAV and provide better temperature control. VAV systems use a VAV terminal located near the supply register. The supply register is where the air is coming into the space. This terminal is going to have a velocity sensor and a damper, and it will adjust the damper according to the temperature needs of that zone. Sometimes the VAV terminal will have a reheat coil. This can help heat the air for an individual zone. VAV systems are the most popular type of system for large buildings, but they could be used for any type of building. The second type of system is an all water system. All water systems efficiently transfer heat through water pipes. An all water system is going to use a fan coil unit in each space. These systems are good when there's many different zoning needs, such as apartments, hotels, offices, and schools. All water systems will only help heat or cool a space. They will not result in air purification or help with humidity levels. An all water system is basically just piping with hot or cold water and those pipes are going to release the heat or take away the heat in the space to heat or cool the space. A two pipe system is only going to provide heating or cooling because one pipe is going to be the supply and the other is going to be the return. A four pipe system is going to be able to provide both heating and cooling with having two supplies, one for hot, one for cold, and then two returns, one for each pipe. The third type of system is an air and water combination system. This is when you use fan coil units for heating and cooling, and then you use an air system for ventilation and to control the humidity. Typically, air and water combination systems will be used on the perimeter of the building because this is usually where there's heightened heating demands in the winter and heightened cooling demands in the summer. Again, water systems are best for specific zone needs. So air and water systems likewise will be used where there's specific zone needs. The fourth type is direct expansion, which is also called direct refrigeration. This is a self-contained unit that cools the air using a refrigerant. An AC window unit, those units that you see sticking out of windows, those are direct expansion units. All right, so I hope I don't lose you, but now I'm going to just run through a list of common terms and systems and pieces of equipment related to HVAC. So first off, we have the air handling unit or the AHU. Any system using air needs an air handling unit. The air handling unit distributes the warmer cool air and also helps to purify the air. They're used in medium to large buildings. All right, so if you're looking at an AHU, starting where the outdoor air enters into the system, you're going to have the grill. And the grill is going to help prevent large objects from entering into the system. Then you're going to have a damper. A damper controls the airflow. Then there will be a filter to help keep out the smaller particulates from entering the system. Then you're going to have a temperature sensor. And this sensor is going to see what the incoming air temperature is so that the system can heat or cool that air to meet the building's needs. Then we're going to come to the coils. There's going to be one for heating and one for cooling. 
after the air is heated or cooled by the coils, it's going to go to the supply fan, which is going to help push the air out into the space. A pressure sensor is going to monitor the pressure in the system and control the fan speed. A static pressure sensor is going to monitor the air pressure, and then the ducts are going to distribute the air throughout the building. So that is for the supply portion, supplying the building with air. For the return portion, we're going to have the ducts that collect the air from a space, an exhaust fan to pull the air out, a damper near the outlet, which is going to control the airflow, and a grill at the exterior face of the building where the air is going to come out of. To pressurize the building, supply air is typically sent out at speeds faster than the speed at which the return air is collected. This helps reduce infiltration. Energy conservation systems and techniques. Building automation system, abbreviated BAS, is an automated system for running and controlling building systems. Building automation systems monitor the performance and provide reports of the building's operations. Building automation systems are typically used for HVAC, but they can also be designed to include energy, lighting, landscaping, life safety, and security systems. Energy management systems are a type of building automation system that monitor and optimize equipment use, deciding when equipment should and shouldn't operate for maximum energy efficiency and to reduce the load on the power grid. Economizer cycles use sensors to determine when outdoor air is low enough to be mixed with indoor air to reduce the amount of refrigeration needed to cool the incoming air. Energy recovery ventilator or energy recovery ventilation utilizes the energy that would otherwise be exhausted by an HVAC system to preheat or pre-cool the air coming in from the outside. In the summer, the system will pre-cool and dehumidify the air. In the winter, the system will preheat and humidify the air. Energy recovery ventilation systems are also called ERVs. These systems are cost-effective, sustainable, and improve the indoor air quality. They're best used in mixed or humid climates. Heat recovery ventilators, HRVs, recover the heat that would otherwise be lost by the HVAC system's processes, but this doesn't affect the air's humidity. HRVs are best used where it's not humid. HRVs are best used in cold northern climates. Chilled beams. Chilled beams are a system where you have cold water circulating in pipes with middle fins. Warm air is going to rise past these cool middle fins, cooling the air and having it drop back down into the space. The system could be passive where you have the air just naturally rise up and then the air touches these cooled beams and drops back down. Or it could be active where you have the system tied into ductwork. An HVAC system can be centralized or localized. A localized system is a single zone HVAC system. This is typically what you use in small buildings. Localized systems are typically systems that are located in the rooms that they serve. Centralized systems are when you have heat or cooling produced in one centralized location and then the air is distributed throughout the building through the ducts. HVAC controls. Controllers are anything that measure a condition and then initiate an action based on what's measured. A limit control is used to prevent damage to the equipment. A safety control is used to prevent harming the building and its occupants. Thermostats are a type of control that turn on the heating or cooling when the temperature falls 
below a certain point or rises above a certain point. On a thermostat, a dead band is a temperature range where the system won't turn on. ASHRAE standard 90.2 requires that thermostats have a minimum setting of 55 degrees and a high of 85 degrees. These minimums help produce energy efficiency. Thermostats are typically installed 48 inches from the finished floor. Okay, so that is mechanical systems. Hopefully that all made sense. If there's anything you wanna learn more about, I would do a direct search on YouTube for any of the topics that I just discussed if you wanna learn more and that way you can see what they look like. I found that really helpful as I was preparing, taking these strange words and actually seeing what they look like. It makes everything way more simpler. This is all relatively simple stuff. Um, I think when you just read or listen about it, it could get um, confusing and make it more complicated than it needs to be. So if anything doesn't make sense um, or was new to you, spend some time on YouTube looking at videos, learning more about how HVAC systems work. I think if you just watch a couple videos, you're going to feel really comfortable and probably know way more than you need to for your exams. All right. So next up, we are going to talk about electrical systems. See you on the other side. Bye.